Uh, this episode of um, What's in the Office... Uh, what's the, in the Box Office. This office of What's in the Box Office is brought to you by Love Honey. This is an ad for 18-year-olds, by the way. 18 plus. 18 plus. <laughs> and older. Thank you. Older than 18. 18-year-olds, I'm slowly speaking to you now. For nearly 20 years... Which is also the age you need to be to listen to this. Love Honey have been the sexual happiness people working to make a fun, fulfilling sex life available to anyone. Anyone. Don't just take our word for it. With nearly 70 awards to their name, there's a reason Love Honey's customers come back time and time again. It doesn't matter what your experience, orientation, spice, spice level, gender, or size is. Love Honey has what you need to feel and be sexy. Their in-house design teams work closely with customers to create the toys, outfit, sexy outfits, and accessories you need for mind-blowing fun whether you're oh whether you're riding solo or playing with a partner Joe how do you feel about riding solo well I've I've mo- I've been riding solo for most of my life but what I want to talk uh-huh. about are the toys that I find sexy from from come from love honey <laughs> they are the uh, number one. Um, sexual happiness people. So if you're not happy with your sexualness, it's because you haven't found love, honey. And what I find sexy uh, is the mind, is uh, personality. So what I like from um, uh, from love, honey are things that stimulate your mind rather than your anatomy, but they don't have many of those. What so, stimulates your mind, Joe? Um, most mostly sex, mostly sex. So thinking honey, about sex, yeah, th- yeah sex, imagining yeah. sex, talking just like a uh, like a riding crop to the forehead. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's my it. favorite toy. A riding crop. Sure. So go Taylor to for a riding crop. Go to Love Honey today. Um, because they are super excited to be teaming up to give you 10 per- We are excited to be teaming with Love Honey. Um, what's in the box office podcast by Love Honey. This is the newest collaboration between these groups to give you 10% off your next purchase. The last collaboration was Love Honey by Supreme. Now it's Love Honey by What's in the Box Office podcast starring Noah Drukey and Brian Serber and the team at Love Honey. To give you 10% off your next purchase, click the link in the episode description to claim your exclusive discount that everyone can get. So it's not exclusive. You don't have to do anything else, but you will get a discount on your next anal plug. So enjoy. This weekend at the box office, it may have been no time to die, but there was plenty of time for James Bond to save the day and the actual movie going, but... Did he? We're going over everything that happened at a theater near you, plus a guest returns to Flick or Treat, but this time we pick the movie on this, the 172nd episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office, your weekly look at movies and the money they make. Each week we sit down and pour over the weekend's box office returns and tell you what we think they mean for the industry at large. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah. And I really like how, uh, you know, the tone you took with the flicker Treat preview there. Mm. A little threatening, a little, uh, pretty, pretty assertive, just, this time we picked the movie and uh, <laughs> he's in for it now. Uh, also reminiscent of... Uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, uh, with the famous tagline, This time, the monsters are real? Which could also apply to Flick or Treat. Zombie Island. Was it one of the animated spinoffs? Yeah, well, it was one of the animated movies. Okay. 
uh, came out in our uh, in our youth. Because famously, mm. the sequel to the live action Scooby Doo is called Monster Island. Ah, well, I believe that came later. Gotcha. Uh, I thought perhaps you had mis said the title, but instead the Scooby Doo franchise just has two island based. Yes. And the monsters films. were real. There was like a necromancer that was bringing zombies to life. Very cool to a very young me. I think, uh, is it Monster Island? I'm not checking. I'm checking. Yeah, okay. Monsters Unleashed. Ah. But they go to, it's on an island, is the thing. Okay. It's on and when, an island. when did that come out? 2004. Okay. Yeah, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island was 1998. Written by James Gunn. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scooby Doo on Zombie Island was not. Okay. How about a top five? Wonderful. By the uh, way, my uh, uh, in the intro, so there's plenty of time for James Bond to save the day it, because the movie's really long as well. Sure. So he had plenty of time in his long movie to do what he needed to do. Absolutely And right. he did. There you go. Spoilers, uh, the world doesn't end yeah. in that movie. So in honor of the big release this weekend, uh, you know, I've decided for this top five to look back at sort of the storied history. So you're not counting down the future somethings? No, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking ahead to my You're not ranking things you have. Right, sure. No. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Which, that's which could be. But, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I've just, there's been a, uh, you know, a, lot of, a lot of entries into this canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've decided the, uh, to undertake the large task of ranking my top 25 A24 movies. Top 25? Top 5 A24. Uh, A24? No. How'd you land on A24? Lamb, man! Okay, well, bah. we're not going to spend a lot of time on Lamb. Well, okay. we are right now. Right. Uh, no, I, uh, this has nothing to do with Lamb. It doesn't rank. I haven't seen it. Uh, number five does rank, though, and it's Under the Skin, mm. which is a movie that I uh, have not revisited but has stuck with me in a very strong way uh, ever since seeing it. Uh, super, <laughs> super strange. Uh, you know, that that look you just gave me is not really a part of it, but it's not, like, not a part of it. Did I know? give you a look? I, yeah, I would say so. Huh. Was that your... Was that your regular face? Because <laughs> if so, you got a twitch. I'm looking up A24 movies. Mm. Uh, and I do want to mention... I want to see uh, my, what I would put on this. Deep uh, deep apologies to a number of movies. My my short list was probably like 15 movies deep. And uh, a lot of these cuts uh, were hard for me. Uh, Under the Skin made it at number five, though. Number four comes Moonlight. A... Listen. Wow. Was that was that a look? Wow. <laughs> Moonlight, another movie. Uh, Holy shit! That yeah. I would uh, I would really like to revisit. These are all uh, these are all basically, by the way, uh, five out of five movies. Uh, that's the reason so many of these cuts were hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so number four on this list is a, a very prominent spot. Uh, a movie that I, uh, to be honest, uh, appreciated more than enjoyed my first go around. I didn't know that. But it has uh, it has sat well with me. I have a that's uh, good. I have a good uh, listen. Listen with your. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad. Remarks. I'm glad. Moonlight. Uh, thinking about it, I'm positive on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead. That's uh, you know, coming out of it, the op- the other option was that I just become like I don't know, didn't work as well for me, kind of guy. Which would have been wild. Which but, yeah. uh, which didn't happen. A, uh, another movie I'd like to revisit, which is why it uh, doesn't end up any higher on this list, but uh, really uh, really has sat well with me, mm-hmm. and I am uh, respectful of its significance. You know, I mm-hmm. uh, on the other end of the spectrum, a movie that I just like a whole lot is number three, The Witch. Uh, my favorite movie of that year at the time it was 2014, 2016, I think 16 was when The Witch came out. I have the list here. Uh, to tell you. Just to me, an incredibly exciting horror movie experience. Uh, 16, yes, thank you. I uh, came uh, came out of it just not not only like into the scares of the movie and just the whole vibe, mm-hmm. which was really great, but just like the. The sort of the sort of questions the movie presents, I I found just very invigorating. You know, these you've got you've got these people that are incredibly like pious, just obnox, obnoxiously 
religious so much that their uh, their pilgrim town kicks them out for being overzealous. Yeah. Uh, and the movie posits like you know what if they're right, like the dev- the devil is coming for them. Uh, where where is God? What's he up to? Mm-hmm. Uh, very 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 interesting things going on. And also uh, that thing with the apple uh, and the goat. Just many many elements of the witch. Many things that you like. Yes. Uh, Though it is not the highest ranking horror film on this list. No, I wouldn't uh, expect it to be. I made a... Just number uh, two? Yes, we're going on to number two. I made a decision that uh, I would have to pick one of the Ari Aster films. The Witch was number three. It was. I probably could have guessed your, 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 your top three. Knowing Moonlight was out. Okay. Even Moonlight, I feel like I would have put it three for you anyway. But I got, uh, yeah. I, uh, I know what they both are. Well, I'm, I'm curious which Aster uh, you, you think picked I'm with here. I did, I did pick Hereditary. Yeah. All right. I, I am in, a, in, in many ways sort of equally reverent of Hereditary and Midsummer. I went with Hereditary just because I think it is uh, scarier. It is, more it, is of a, it is more of a horror film. Midsummer is more of like dreadful and uh, it's also gruesome. More comedic. Uh, yeah, and and Midsummer has really funny parts in it. Yeah, it's it's comedic. It's dramatic. It's got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, excellent movie, but Hereditary is just fucking terrifying. It had the uh, it had all the buzz when it came out of like, mm-hmm. is this the scariest movie since The Exorcist or ever? Wow. Uh, and like, I don't I don't know where. It ranks on the all-time scary list, but I do know that it lived up to the hype. Leaving Hereditary, I was fucking terrified in a way that, uh, while I greatly enjoy many of the horror movies that come out these days, mm-hmm. I rarely am. Uh, and so it's uh, it ranks as high as it could on this list, which is number two. Because number one was Untouchable. Untouchable. Uh, of, course, uh, of course, you know the answer. I know the answer. Of course I do. Uh, one of, uh, truly one of my favorite movies, uh, just full stop. It is Lady Bird. Yep. Uh, 2017 was the greatest year for movies. Uh, this, not Ever. This, not this decade, but last decade, in fact. Jesus. Uh, Lady Bird is an absolute five out of five. Uh, just connected very deeply with me incredibly funny incredibly moving uh, awesome debut from Greta Gerwig uh, great performances from everyone uh, just love love Ladybird you, you do one. my uh, rough list yes uh, just having scanned um, sure. ones I took off Ex Machina Spectacular Now sure uh, number five, eighth grade. Okay. Bob Burnham's debut. Number four, twentieth century women. Mike Mills is terrific coming of age story. A lot of coming of age stories on my list. Uh, three, Hereditary. Two, Lady Bird, and one, Moonlight. All right, that is a. Uh, Which yeah. is the best best picture winner uh, since Lord of the Rings? Maybe I don't know. Um, Yes, quite a uh, quite a film studio they have. Yes, and very uh, very diverse. You know your uh, your list a lot more uh, a lot more drama a lot more coming of age. Uh, yeah, my, almost my, all of them. My list, uh, a <laughs> except lot, for one, uh, could a be lot considered. scarier. All of them but one on my list are coming of age stories. Twenty Century Women is Eighth yes. Grade is Lady Bird is Moonlight is yes. Yep, Hereditary not so much. <laughs> no. Uh, but great all the same. I guess Alex Wolf has to grow up real quick during parts of it. Yeah, but to what end? <laughs> Not a great one. I would say. I. Uh, but no, that is uh, that is enough time devoted to Lamb. Which will not factor <laughs> in. You know what? I'm just going to skip right to Lamb. Line. Lamb debuted at number seven. It did. One million dollars. With a million dollars, just an okay theater average. Again, a little wider than I would have thought. That's it for Lamb. Go yes. Uh, listen, a million dollars. That's. <laughs> No. Uh, our actual top five. Number one was No Time to Die. It opened this weekend with $56 million. That, uh, if you're keeping track at home, is 56 times as good as Lamb. Uh, number two was Venom Let There Be Carnage, which made $32 million. It's a 64.5% drop. That is up to $141.6 million. The Addams Family 2 came in at number three with $10 million, a 42% drop. That is up to 31.1 altogether. Number four, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings made $4.2 million, a 31.3% drop. That is up to $212.4 million. And The Many Saints of Newark completes many of the long titles in our top five with $1.4 million, 
a 68.8% drop. That is up to $7.4 million. Our feature presentation, No Time to Die, opens with $56 million. A really, a solid to really good number in a pandemic era, but it feels a bit weak. The film made $23 million on Friday, which of course also takes Thursday numbers into account, pointing to around $70 million for the weekend, um, and then it could go even higher, uh, depending on legs. It had the reviews, the huge marketing campaign, The Hook, it was Craig's last appearance as Bond, and perceived good word of mouth, A- minus cinema score, which people thought would then lead to it having uh, legs over the weekend. Yet it barely made over double its Friday gross. Generally that happens to films that only appeal to fanboys, generally uh, meaning a younger demographic, and it, but Bond notoriously skews older. That leads to speculations that because the franchise skews older, and as we know, older moviegoers are more, currently more reluctant to return to the cinema right now, it made less money. This felt like a home run. Craig's swan song, great trailers, nothing like it in the marketplace right now. It's the biggest looking movie of the pandemic era. And solid butt. What do you think about that? You've, seen, you've seen the big movies now. Yeah, I think this uh, scope-wise probably felt like the biggest. Yeah, I mean, it's either that or Shang-Chi with the dragons of it all. But yeah. I, no, I think that I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of globe, globe-trotting, fantastic yeah. locations. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, sure. The weekend is the lowest of the Craig Bond saga since Casino Royale 15 years ago. So what's the cause of this softer-than-expected debut? Well, it's true that the film is nearly three hours long, which of course means... Fewer showtimes. Exactly. But first, we must keep in mind that Bond has never exactly been huge in North America. Before Craig, Brosnan went chronologically, opened with 26, 25, and some of these were on um, Wednesdays to Fridays, so... Some of these are, I think, I think honestly, just the, tw- the 26, 25, and 35. Those all may have been Friday to Sunday after already opening on Wednesday. So those are a little smaller. But, uh, and 47 million for Die Another Day. Casino Royale opened with 40. Quantum of Solace built off the great reception of Royale and opened to 67 two years later. Skyfall was a miracle for Bond, coinciding with the 50th anniversary of Dr. No's release and therefore Bond's cinematic introduction. The film carried a hit song by Red Hot Adele. It was Adele's first song to debut in the top 100, top 10 at number 8, which is, she had already two albums in at that point. It was the first Bond song to debut in the top 10. It was the first Bond song to sell a million digital copies, and it would become the first Bond song to win the Oscar for Best Original Song. And... Skyfall had absolutely scorching reviews. Add that to the fact that the film opened in a blockbuster wasteland, like the movies out were, it opened on Wreck-It Ralph's second weekend, Flight's second weekend, Taken 2 was the big action movie that was in its sixth weekend. Um, and it was the perfect storm for the film to get a ridiculous $88 million opening weekend. It was followed by Spectre, which carried great goodwill from Skyfall, all the way to a huge $70 million debut, but no one really liked it. So No Time to Die opened six years after a poorly reviewed sequel, which, as we know from experience, if people don't like the last one, they're less likely to come out for the new one. Right. Tomb Raider, Divergent, there's a lot of examples. Uh, Fantastic Beasts. Also working against it, and something I feared and mentioned on this podcast for weeks now, it was released during a time of people going to the movies less. The pandemic is not over, and attendance levels are not back to normal. If we're talking about how many people only see maybe one to two, three movies a month normally, think about during a pandemic how many options they're choosing to go to the movies, how many times a month. So Venom Let There Be Carnage overperforms, and now another Temple comes out when most paying cut moviegoers just saw a movie. That's the issue with October having so many need-to-make-money blockbusters. It may not happen to Halloween Kills or Dune in two weeks, but I think for sure Venom cannibalized No Time to Die a little bit. Of course, it's impossible to say where the film would have performed better, whether it would have performed better in a normal marketplace, but it's made $313 million worldwide so far, and it's performing more or less like a normal James Bond film in North America. It's not a disaster, but it's disappointing and maybe a sign of things to come this month. James Bond will return, though, of course, and hopefully the world will look a little different yeah. when he does. I, I think I, I take a I take a little different view, and it's not it's not quite as uh, as numbers based as yours, as is so often our dynamic. I feel like when you look at all of the uh, all of the things you mentioned that are working against 
this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Spectre was bad. Spectre came out what six years six ago. Six years ago. Uh, the uh, you know the importance of the song mm-hmm. in recent years. This song came out two years ago. Yeah, at least two, two and a half. I'll, I'll look it up. Like the the song the song is a non factor for this movie completely, which uh, you know I'm I'm kind I'm kind of kidding about. But it also, came out February thirteenth, twenty twenty. Okay, so a year and a half yeah. ago, this song was released for a movie that would be uh, perpetually delayed. Which is uh, which is another thing that it's it's not just that this movie came out six years after the last one, but people got excited for it like twice already, only for it to be ripped out from under. It was supposed them. to come out in March of 2020 and then postponed to November of 2020, and maybe one more time, and now this. Yeah, maybe maybe three times, uh, which I I have to imagine is a great way to kill momentum by the time it actually does come out sure. there's got to be a portion of that people that is just like listen i'll see it when i see it but i've i've already come down from that high uh couple that with the pandemic with the older viewers that usually like bond uh, not going to the theater as much uh, and you look at the the overall number and it's like fine fine mm-hmm. fine to pretty good like i i think that's pretty good I think I, I I do not see this as like a cause for concern. I mean, it's also, sixteen uh, million, just sixteen million more than Casino Royale, which opened fifteen years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I'm not I'm not saying it's a it's a home run for the franchise or anything, okay. but it's I I equally don't view it as like a uh oh are people are people down on Bond? Well, if I, they are, who cares? Yeah, sure. <laughs> he's uh, he's done with it. I. I just I think the I think this I think this movie had a ton of things working against it. Also, yeah. uh, you know I I didn't reiterate in my list the uh, incredible uh, fucking slew of movies in October. Yeah, uh, Venom absolutely uh, cannibalized this movie. Not only in uh, just being a semi-similar kind of vibe, and in that it's like a it's an action movie. Uh, but also in the how many movies are people going to see these days, as you mentioned, right? Even less so during a pandemic. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I I take this as like a, oh good good for them. Well, that's didn't, great. Didn't set uh, didn't set any records. Isn't going to be the movie that uh, is talked about for uh, Craig's Bond box office success. But also like it's that could have been worse. I, if this if this movie had opened to forty million dollars, I. I would not have been shocked to see that. I would have been more concerned. I I wouldn't have been shocked to see that if Venom opened to like 50. Okay. You know what I mean? I think that because Venom made so much, I was like, oh, well, the Venom can make so much. Like, No Time to Die has way more going for it than Venom. Turns out it didn't. Yeah. Uh, In its second weekend, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, made 32, dropped 64 and a half, 141 total so far. Because this so overperformed last weekend, even without No Time to Die, this drop would be normal for this kind of. You're not surprised to see 64, to, regardless no. of what came out this no, week. No, that's the, that's the kind of thing you see for colossal openings, especially for then, a movie that's like, you know, this, this wasn't a film that was really built to appeal to audiences outside of its core fan base, and they saw the movie. Yeah. So that's it for it. Uh, topping 200 million is still possible, but it'll be tough with big competition in the next few weeks. Either way, it's already a win. Um, the Adams Family 2 made 10 in its second weekend, 42% drop, 31 total. It's a decent enough hold. You know, total is now just about where the original film opened. I might have expected a little less, but I guess the kids also just see Venom. That's also a thing targeting, like, sure. nine-year-olds. Um, so I do kind of understand it. Two more weekends before Ron go- Ron's Gone Wrong does whatever it's going to do. You ever heard of that, that? A movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's coming out in theaters. Zach Galifianakis plays a robot that, um, like a, a robot that's like ditzy that like becomes self-aware. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Good for him. It's like 20th Century Fox. The, for the first teaser looked cute, but okay. I, I mean, I, you've not heard of it. I don't. Like no, I have not. Thing. Uh, the Many Saints of Newark made 1.1 million this weekend. What, where did that land in the ranking? Uh, number five. Oh, you already said it. Great. 68.8% drop. 7 million total. It's a steeper drop than the other Warner Brothers experiment crime macho. Many Saints is said to be doing pretty well on HBO Max. It ha- almost has to. Yeah. Compared to the, these numbers. So. And 
And I even, do hear it's doing well over yeah, there. Even, even more than that, I hear that The Sopranos is doing well sure. on HBO Max. Sure. Which is... Like, which is good. You know, we just finished uh, our rewatch of The Sopranos mm-hmm. uh, after many, many years. And it's... I don't know. This kind, of, this kind of thing, I see these headlines like, oh, it's really driving numbers for The Sopranos. It's doing well on HBO Max. It makes me very frustrated sometimes. Just the, the lack of uh, transparency. The lack of numbers and yeah. stats. That we just have to be like, oh, Sopranos is setting records or whatever for streaming. And we'll just be like, okay, I get, I guess that's good. You know, we 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 sit down here every weekend and we we look at these numbers. This movie made fifty six million dollars. What does that mean? How does it compare to other movies that made different millions of dollars? And that's that's that's, that's interesting and something you can wrap your hands around. Uh, and The Sopranos is just like it's good doing good better than you would have thought like okay that's i don't i don't know how to i don't know how to engage with that yes yeah, rather you just didn't tell me yeah streamers should just release numbers yeah or um, shut up they should do one or the other sure um in our spotlights uh shang chi and the legend of the ten rings crossed 400 million worldwide that's more than black widow paw patrol the movie Crossed, uh, what did it cross? We here, forty million dollars domestically. It has one hundred and twenty-one worldwide. So that's a big little hit. And Candyman, we talked about it for months. Crossed sixty million dollars this weekend. It's finally tapping out around sixty, seventy-six worldwide. I mean, yeah, you just incredible legs for that movie. Yeah, truly. No one's to, talking about it but us. But look forward to Candyman 2. I hope it's good this time. Candyman 3. Um, well. They took the Halloween route. Same as Scream is doing. Yeah. The fifth Scream is called Scream. Yeah, isn't, isn't it with a five? No. No? Not it's down, a, down on the poster. Thing? All right, well, that's dumb. I'm very excited. Trailer's tomorrow. Oh, really? So excited. Uh, it's the guys, guys who did Ready or Not. Okay. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I was, I was a little disappointed about Ready or Not. Really? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I thought it was good. Yeah. But I was... You know, it's, I'll put it this way. It's no You're Next. Sure. Like, it's, I, th- I, think it's, I think it's a couple of tiers below Your Next. Well, it was the first movie. That you only, it can only get better. Or worse. But um, yeah. I'm very excited for it. And uh, all three of the people are back. And you know what I heard... None of them wanted to come back. They were just like, we can't do it without Wes. Uh-huh. You know? But uh, the director sent at least Nev Campbell a letter about how much Wes means to them in the franchise, and that's okay. why she signed on, which is nice. Did the letter also include a screenshot of her recent IMDb credits? All right. We leave <laughs> Nev Campbell the fuck alone. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She doesn't Let me listen. see your IMDb credits. Uh, Good Lord. She is a national treasure. All right. Uh, <laughs> in the, she, yeah. Right. The, the the craft scream, uh, party of five. I think she was in wild things. I don't know what that one is. You don't know what it is wild things. You like, know what wild things is like the song. Hang on, I'll look it up. It's a black comedy th- noir thriller with her Denise Richards. They have a very famous threesome scene from 1998. Yeah, they have a very famous threesome scene with Matt Dillon. They also like fuck each other in a pool. Bill Murray's in it. Kevin Bacon shows his dick a couple times. It's like a wild movie. No, do, do they make everything groovy? No. Okay. No, I've I, never seen Wild Things. We no. Sh- we, it was a. It's a big like um, early internet uh, sex scene movie. Okay. You know what I mean? Where it's like this is one of the best op- best uh, examples we have of a sex scene. Stars has it. We should watch it. It's 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 like one of those that's like a cult hit now because it's so re- who directed it because it's so ridiculous. Uh, John McNaughton. Okay. Um, yeah, we should watch it. It's, we should watch it with John All right. It's wild. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, I haven't... I don't... Honestly, no. I don't think I've seen it all the way through. But it plays on HBO constantly. Okay. So I've seen... I know it's in Miami. I've seen bits and pieces. I've obviously seen the sex scenes. I've seen Bill Murray stuff. There's, like, little just things that I've caught, but it's, uh... I, I do, I do want to flag the incredulity that I've never seen Wild Things. Even though, because I've never uh, seen it? Fo- I know. Followed shortly no, no, by... I've never been, seen it all the way <laughs> The issue wasn't that you hadn't seen Wild Things. It was that you didn't know what the fuck it was. <laughs> and, I, and it's a big staple 
in uh, 90s, uh, late 90s film pop culture. Okay. It's like it's like, it's like another Showgirls kind of a thing, but okay. less, not NC-17. Sure. Um, all right, that's it I have for box office stuff. All right, well then, it's time to play everybody's favorite game. Yeah. Did it, it make, make more or less than, than wild open things? Water. Open wild water. Things. Maybe that's the new game. I've been thinking, perhaps... I genuinely soon. was racking my brain as to why we had picked open water. I was doing that too. So why? Is it because theaters were open? I uh, was it? Maybe. Must have been. I think. I think so. Okay. I. Uh, I'll we'll have to you'll have to tell me how many weeks we've been doing, and I'll listen to that first episode. Because I'm, I'm sure you said it when we first did it. This is uh, the nineteenth edition. Okay. I'm sure. Do you have that by date, or you just have? I uh, no, I just counted okay. them earlier. Because I'm sure that, that you said it. That you were just like you know, and because this is this we're doing, and then you. Did. I would imagine. So I'll look. Uh, anyway, we all know how to play. I name a movie. You tell me whether it made more or less than open water at the box office. For a bonus point, you can tell me what year the movie came out. Are you ready to play? Yes. The Art of Racing in the Rain is your first film. The Art of Racing <laughs> in less. the Rain. Uh, I think like that's make a less. Okay, great. Terrific. Uh, 2019. Also correct. Yeah, all right. I was like, that's uh, really recent. It was really recent. I thought it might be so unmemorable sure. that, uh, that you might... It's got a memorable title. It's No the Guilty. That's true. Uh, which is By the bad. Way, in Roger Ebert's three out of four star review of Wild Things, okay. they could hear that. He says, uh, uh, he described it as lurid trash with a plot so twisted they're still explaining it during the closing credits. Nice. Which is very funny to me. We have to end the movie. I haven't explained all of it. Yeah, we don't Just know about end it. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah. Go That's good. Uh, all right, well done. With two points for The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is about Milo Ventimiglia driving a dog around, I think. Mm-hmm. His dog chauffeur. Uh, yes, his dog. Uh, it's, it's actually about him and falling in love, and also his dog wants to be reincarnated into a person, mm-hmm. uh, I read earlier today. Uh, your second film is The Number Nine. It is... It, it is just called Nine, but I'm specifying it's oh, the one. it's the animated one. It's nine. The number. The digit. It's yes. the animated one. Less. Uh, that actually that made, made more. more. Yeah, it shit. Did. It did make more. Shit. Uh, we saw this in theaters with our crew in high school and did not like it. You were the, you I, there? No, I don't think I was there for that. I saw it with the least Ian, and we were both like that. It was not I, wa- good. I watched this movie uh, when I was at Michigan State. Katie came to visit me one weekend, mm-hmm. and we rented this movie. Uh, thinking, how could it go wrong? And it sucks. Not good. At it's all. really bad. Wild. Sorry. Those trailers. What song? They used a song in that trailer. Yeah, they did. I don't. I, I don't I'm remember, guessing it was Radiohead. But... That's my guess. Um, maybe it was something in the way. I've been seeing that a lot. Uh, oh, come on. Let's see. Uh, oh, it was. Uh, it was Welcome Home by Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna say. Super fucking weird. I have two guesses. I'm gonna say 2006. Uh, no, that is uh, far too late. My other uh, guess... Late? No, I'm sorry, early. That My other guess is 2009. That is correct. Yeah. Could have yeah. uh, taken the clue of when I rented it. My you could rent movies whenever. Yeah, I know. Would I have gone <laughs> three mean? years without seeing Elijah Wood as a sock puppet? I yes. I think so. Yes, you would have. <laughs> <laughs> Either I saw this movie right away or... Never. You didn't. You rented it. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw it basically the year it came out. It came out in, like, September of that year. So you saw it in 2010, probably. Okay, I saw it shortly after it came okay, out. Okay, fine. Uh, so that was... Ooh, a zero point. I'm still in the game here. Uh, we are moving on to our third film. I don't like how much of a competition this is. Yeah. It's a game! Go ahead. The score is what makes it a game. Yeah, but when you're playing Family Feud, Steve Harvey isn't thrilled when someone doesn't get an answer on the board. I, I, I would hardly He's say... He's not going... Yeah, <laughs> I would hardly say I'm thrilled, but I'm trying to devise a game that is difficult. This is the Jeopardy in you. For you. Like in Trebek's showing, ooh, no, it was obviously this one. Yeah. You moron. I, yeah. Your third film is Nine the Word. <laughs> <laughs> it's Christmas, which is throwing me here. He's been thrown. I'm still, I'm still going to say less. It was significantly less, okay, in fact. Great. Correct. It was Christmas, though, and that was also 2009. 
Yes, it was. Trying to yes. trick me there. Yeah. I know both yeah, nine films came out the same to, year. Trying to, it's been it's been long enough. I thought like maybe you'd be. You like, don't forget don't something like two nine films <laughs> go out the same year, and you're like, why would we do ever do this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that was rough. Um, I'll have one for nine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was also it was also right in the heyday of like Daniel Day Lewis makes a movie every like six years. Oh yeah, it was and, a, this, inc- and, this, and this one comes out, and you're like. This is this is it. Incredible cast. We're not getting Day Lewis again for In- five years, and he's making incredible. That was his follow up to There nine. Will Be Blood. Yeah, that's... incredible cast. Yeah, Sophia Loren played his mom. Oh my god, Rob Marshall for uh, well, he did Memoirs of a Geisha at that point, but like his like is that first musical since I don't think he did Dreamgirls. He might have anyway. Chicago, he he did Chicago at some point. Okay, um, and it looked like Chicago. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. That was a uh, four point to victory for Great. you. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, see, this is why partially I get excited when I win because it also raises the stakes for when you win, as you have here. Uh, and I, I'm so I did I blow out the mics with how much I gloated after I won. Uh, well, you know, it's I'm really such a, sorry. It's such a common occurrence. You're you're you act like you've been there before because you have, sure. and it's one of the things. So I'm I'm LeBron about. in the finals. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like I mean I. I yeah. guess I'll play another game, but yeah. I, I, this what more even, can I prove? This isn't even basketball to me until game three. What more can I prove? Yes. Yeah. Uh, all right, and in honor of the nines uh, for coming and gone from a theater near you, I'm just assuming you're ready to go back in time. I am. We are visiting 2009. What's the date? Uh, October 9th. Where the wild things are. No. No. Oh, I was so... First of all, that came out in October 2009. Right, I guarantee well, you. Let's find out. Damn it, that was going to be so sweet. The following week. It was the following week? Yes. Shit. Uh, this one, bit tougher. We're going for one film here. Okay. Uh, opened at number one. Mm-hmm. Is a comedy. An ensemble comedy. Hmm. Have I seen it? I... Hard to say. I don't know. Yeah, get, I... Hard to say. Given the time period, maybe. Okay, so it's, a, uh, it's just a, just for the sake of like I'm guessing, it's a teen comedy. There's, no, it's uh, it's not, but it's just like there's there's people in it, and it it opened at number one, and perhaps it peaked couples your curiosity. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, I did not see it in theaters. I would end up seeing it. Okay. I couldn't resist that cast. I would. Uh, uh, but no, yeah, I, I, I didn't see it. Directed by, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I'm gonna look it up, but Vince Vaughn's, um, well, I'll guess The weekend. Uh, it opened to 33. Ooh, very close! 34. Yeah. That is a, uh, that is a solid I know, I know it opened big, too. Yes. Yeah. 11,000 um, per theater average. Peter, Peter Billingsley directed it. He's a very he good did. friend of Vince Vaughn. Okay. He was in, uh, The Breakup as one of Vince Vaughn's friends. But more interestingly, he was the uh, Charlie Parker in A Christmas Story. He was the kid. Oh, I see. And so he directed that. John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, and Dana Fox wrote that script. Yes. John Favreau, Vince Vaughn, of course, Swingers, uh, Made, they did, together in the 90s. And uh, what a cast. Yeah. Not a good movie. uh, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. I am a little surprised by how quickly you got to Couples Retreat. I thought perhaps it would get uh, washed away by history. But no. A lot of uh, things you thought got washed away by history today that I just remembered instantly. (laughs) Uh, Not instantly. I needed a clue. But yeah. This uh, weekend also marked the very limited release in one theater of Bronson uh, with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Uh, which is a fun movie. Uh, Did we watch that? I've seen it, so I'm guessing yes. I have no recollection of it at all. Uh, he's like a prisoner? Yeah, I probably saw it. I, okay. I remember it was on your list to watch for a while. Okay. You like you were all, you really wanted to watch it uh, for a long time. Yeah. Though. Uh, and yeah, it was the height of like Tom Hardy was in. It was the height, and he looked. He was fucking incredible, and what a what a star this guy's gonna be. And ooh, he's in like an artsy movie from the past where he plays like a circus strongman or something. Well, he's got that mustache. Uh, yeah, and like he's bald and big, and I'm like yeah, uh, cool movie as I recall. Cool movie. Uh, and that is it for this weekend. A bit of a wasteland. Right. Otherwise, all right, trick or treat. Here we go. Uh, our newest. 
not our newest. We've had this guy before, but our most recent guest. We're 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 now at the point where we're bringing guests back. Yeah, and we're looking this for this is a sequel. The movie we're talking about isn't a sequel, but this itself is. Uh, Joe Rupel is here, as you heard in the intro. Can we talk about that ad we just heard? Yeah. Well, we heard it that a while really ago. That was really disturbing. So we, heard, we heard it about 40 minutes ago. That was a pretty disturbing thing. kind of sounded like I'm it really was surprised. serial killer. <laughs> and what is interesting is you wrote, you took the copy and just like hand scribbled no, every I, bit of dialogue. No, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. You were furiously Especially scribbling in the corner. my name. You were furiously <laughs> scribbling in the corner. And we said, Joe, we need to record. And you said, give me a minute! <laughs> and that's what you I came was, up with. I was scouring their site to see what I would use my 10% discount on. Mm. Have you already used it? Uh, they aren't sending me anymore. <laughs> anymore? <laughs> no. Wow. They, Tur- I am blacklisted. Tur- yeah, it turns out his IP address was not allowed. <laughs> I think that once, once the 10% actually ends up saving you ten thousand dollars they yeah. have to start cutting you off well it's yeah it's largely because uh i've i've purchased so many of their products that i'm already like a senior vip preferred uh super sexy customer and there's really i don't think there's anything from love honey that i don't know there should be a sex shop that has tiers that are just attractiveness yeah sure it's like basic kathy hot. bates in misery james Conn <laughs> in misery Lauren Bacall in Misery. Buster. Buster. Top of the list. Yeah. Sheriff Buster. Sheriff Buster. Top of the list. Yep. Uh, speaking of Misery, Joe, you initially, on week one, brought in Audition. Remember so that? So it was our responsibility yes. to find a companion piece for it. And we picked uh, 1990s, nine years before Audition came out, Misery. Why we do you picked th- a movie we've all seen. Yes, you hadn't seen in quite some time. I haven't seen. I haven't seen so. Like, but we, but we picked it because of its similarities. Paralysis, being uh, uh, tortured by a woman, yeah. that oh, kind of thing. Oh, oh, I see. oh, yeah. Well, foot stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, what did you, you think know, of Misery? You haven't seen it in a while. I didn't make the audition connection until you just brought it up. Yeah. Largely because one is Asian and one is and it's hard for you to white. yeah and it, I didn't get that but yeah I see now I see what you're talking about yeah uh, it definitely shares lots of similarities with audition mm-hmm. uh, what did you think of the movie yeah I think it was uh, it was funnier than I had remembered it uh, largely because I don't think I don't think I was thinking about it the first time I saw it because I think I think it was like a kid probably uh, but. Uh, Stephen King really is just making fun of his whole, of, mm-hmm. like, every fan of everything, and really his fans in particular, as just being, like, idiot hill people who are just like, <laughs> why didn't you write the plot I wanted? And it really does make you feel dumb to even care about, and, like, anytime we see a movie or whatever, just be like, oh my gosh, that was wrong, and Stephen King's like, well... I'm like a bajillionaire, and I don't care. You're an idiot. You're just a hill person who it's doesn't know anything. just a book about a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I found it particularly notable, the scene where uh, Annie's talking about the cliffhangers from her youth. Oh, my God. And she's like, he drove off the cliff, and the car oh, exploded. Yeah. But then the next week, it was different, and I stood up in the theater and screamed. We've been and fooled. I, I was like, wow, you've... Uh, Stephen King really had his finger on the pulse there. He, he really really predicted fan culture yeah, as a did. whole. I he think. did. It, it definitely made me feel stupid for ever for every time I see a movie feeling like that, being like, "That's not what happened in the last." Jedi. Do you like the Last Jedi now? Uh, have you seen Misery? I don't think. Well, or do you think it's honest, ruined, ruined your this, childhood? I, I don't think I'll ever make a criticism about a movie again. I think his message <laughs> connected with That's me, great. and so, I'll never. Uh, I'll never have another opinion about any of it. Um, directed by Rob Reiner, obviously uh, released November 30th, 1990. James Conn, Kathy Bates, who won Best Actress that year, uh, won her Oscar. Um, Noah, how did it go? That we, we, You and I have watched it some, re- relatively recently. How did it go? I, just as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we... Uh, and we did re- we did watch this for uh, Multiplex Madness. Well, you did. Um, I had watched it sure. like last year during the quarantine, okay. and then it was a contender in Multiplex Madness. So yeah, forever. I, I revisited this for Multiplex Madness and really enjoyed it at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I agree, watching it this time was kind of just as just as exciting. Uh, it was, uh, as Joe mentioned, just incredibly funny. Uh, yeah, it still, is. 
still really get a get a kick out of uh, here's a big bastard of a check and give me some Christing money. <laughs> Is uh, is like the quote of the decade? Yeah, sure. Uh, Which this current? No, the the, the one in the nineties. Well, early nineteen ninety. Early is, peaking. This is yeah, twenty twenty one versus twenty twenty issue is nineteen ninety part That's of the decade before or the decade after? It's technically part of the one before because the numeric system starts with one. So you're saying it's the quote of the nineteen eighties? I guess sure. Well, then I don't agree I, with you. The I 90s see, I would have given Yeah, see, Joe, Joe not, thinks it's greed is not, good. It's his favorite quote. I'm not as much of a pedant, Joe. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but you do you. That's why this movie didn't speak to you as much. I'm Kathy Bates, and it, you're... So you thought she was the hero of the piece. Was that not what you thought? What did you, what do you think? The guy writing the shitty books was the hero? About misery chest stain? Yeah, yeah. You're... The books clearly sucked, and she was right. You should have written them. Even Misery's Challenge? What about Misery's Quest? I don't... Misery's Trials? skipped all those. (laughs) Misery's Search? That's my favorite title, Misery's Search. (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Here's some spoilers Uh for the Bond movie. Oh, Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was for a 30-year-old movie. (laughs) Uh, I think... There are some Bond fans that are going to be very similar I'm sure. to yeah. Kathy sure. Bates' uh, Annie Wilkes. I'm sure. Who are ready to put Barbara Barbara Broccoli in a in a vice grip and beat her feet with a hammer and go, bring her back! They were going to do bring that before, back! now that there's a black woman who's 007 in the yeah. movie. They were ready to do that when that was yeah. announced like then, two years but ago. But then they're going to stand up in the theater when the next one comes out and be like... Do you take us all for fools? We saw the missiles. You're being tricked. <laughs> um, I think this is... I love the heightening of this movie. Like, the way that it... You think by the end, we've seen every way they can do it, and then when he, that last ploy where he burns the answers to her questions, it's like, oh my God. Like, that is, like, the top of what he could do. You know, he could write like a shitty book, he could do whatever, he could try to stab her or whatever, but that's where he really can get her. Well, yeah, that's a great point, because you're thinking that, like, you know, the the um, like the logical or the practical solution he's looking for is he needs to escape, right? And there's a way you escape in that situation, practically, which is you kill her and you physically leave. Right. But, like, thematically, what the story needs to do is it needs to use, like, the story's themes to wound her right it has to kill her with them so that's why it's like it's extra brilliant that he does it with the script and it feels exciting because of how much she cares about it that when he says that you're like oh my god (laughs) this is huge yeah and he not only burns it but then he punches her in the mouth with it and yells (laughs) eat it eat it you sick twisted you sick twisted fuck yeah that's awesome uh, like the, also just the tension that Reiner brings out of the him sitting around the house and him getting back into the wheelchair and how sweaty he is by the end of it. Yeah, it's so good. And also, just James Con is like underratedly terrific in this, but it is Kathy Bates' show. She's her saying after he says like, "Do you want to have a dinner with me or whatever?" And she yeah. just goes, "Oh, Paul." Oh, Paul, <laughs> and just walks away. She's fucking yeah. awesome in this yeah. movie. Yeah, Kathy Bates gives one of those performances that you watch in retrospect, and you're like, "How did she not win an Oscar for this?" Mm-hmm. But it's it's yeah. just one of it's one of the rare instances where they got it right. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, she did yeah. good." And I think yeah. it's been overshadowed by Hopkins winning the year after for Lecter. But I would put this on par with what he does in that movie. And sure. she has more screen time, and she has slightly more... She obviously has a bigger character to portray, but she's like just as effective in what she has to do in this movie. And she, she, what's cool about her is that you saw you you see how she brings that to other roles, like mm-hmm. the American Horror Story series, right. um, which is just, you know, she obviously got, you know, cheated out of all those awards. Titanic got cheated out of... She was nominated for Titanic, but she did not oh, win. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, she was nominated for that, Titanic? I guess, I guess that joke ends there. I'm pretty there. sure. <laughs> I mean, she still didn't win. You're right, Joe. She was... She, no, I was just kidding. She, she was, was robbed. Those are, those are silly roles. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't nominated for Titanic. Do you think he was robbed? Um, Does that movie succeed without him? He, he robbed our hearts. hearts. He, robbed me of, he robbed me of my... Uh, I might have been wrong. It, it might have been Gloria Stewart who was nominated. I, 
wild shit. This is a real backwards oh, way to do this. Oh, Weren't yeah. you on the misery page? Yeah, I guess. Uh, so then I would have just clicked on Kathy Bates. Yeah, saying. that's what I was thinking. But uh, this yeah. is interesting too. Yeah. Interesting to listeners as well. I am going nuts right now for this. All right, this isn't uh, this this isn't working. I'll Pro- find it. No, I'll 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 find it. I'm just saying, don't let's not let's not uh, okay hang on this uh, on this conversation just now because uh, let's see here it is. Uh, oh, she was nominated in '98 for Primary Colors. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. she plays. Um, uh, Clinton campaign. Yeah, uh, but no, she was not. not right, so it was, it was just Gloria Stewart. So you're right, Joe. She was robbed for Titanic. Robbed. When she says, uh, "What does she say in that lifeboat?" When she looks at the thing, she goes like, um, "Mother of God" or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's very powerful. <laughs> I like to when they're at dinner and Leo's saying, "I'm just a poor boy," and they're all, and she's like, "Here, here," or something like that. <laughs> we all are at heart. Yeah. <laughs> May we all have the spirit of a poor. Um, Buster is great too. I wrote like that whole relationship, like him and his wife, who's also his deputy, fighting, or her saying to the phone just randomly, like he's I think he's off somewhere. I think he's having an affair. Uh, him messing with her, messing with his papers, and him being like, I know exactly where everything is. It's just like little moments that just really endear them, and I think he's really funny in that yeah. movie. That's the, that's the kind of character that you get in like. I was going to say, just like movies like this and like The Shining. So I guess just old Stephen King <laughs> movies. Uh, where it's just like character actor as uh, whoever. Mm-hmm. You know, think of uh, Scatman Crothers in The Shining mm-hmm. as the, uh, the groundskeeper. Mm-hmm. Just, like a, just like a fun dude who gets like a cool death, but first just gets to hang out and being like, I'm... I'm watching TV. I'm bantering with my wife. It's just, yeah. just, a, just a good time is being had in the middle of this I like movie. that he was the sheriff because he was just the oldest guy with a gun in that town. Yeah, exactly. He, has, exactly. he had no idea what to do. He's like, well, that, that's a that's a, a hostile uh, structure. How should I enter that? Should I draw my weapon? No. Yeah. Should, should I check my doors and corners? No. I've never had any training whatsoever. I do like that it, it took him like nine months to think, oh, right, that weird psychopath that lives in this town of, like, yeah. 40 people. Like, I, yeah, maybe she has something to do with this. It is cool that he cracked the case by her just yelling like a lunatic outside, and he's yeah. being like, yeah, she's crazy. Yeah. Instead of just, she like, definitely did this. instead of just, like, not going door-to-door to everyone who lives there, because that yeah. would take you an afternoon. Yeah. Right. And then just being like, "Do you like Paul?" And her being like, "Uh, no." And yeah. like, oh. he's like, "Tell me, do you do you know Paul Sheldon?" And she's like, "Yeah, he has his Wikipedia page." And he's like, "Oh, you're you're guilty." Like, oh, gotcha. <laughs> so I he's looking over your shoulder. Is it? Is that a shrine? Yeah. <laughs> a shrine. Yeah. A shrine to Paul Sheldon. <laughs> I do love um, how I also really admire the character details and the fact that like when we find out that she's just been mur- she murdered like the woman the nursing student who had a higher GPA than her and she murdered her husband and then she's just like murdering babies by that point you're already so against her that you're just like oh my god but like it doesn't affect it doesn't like it's not a switch where you're like she's pure evil because by then we've seen her do all this evil shit and the little character stuff like her in bed watching Love Connection eating like Cheetos with like a stuffed animal under her arm yeah it's just such and it's just for a second we see that happen she loves Liberace she has to have her penguins facing south I wonder how she justified killing the babies to herself. Because, like, everyone else has wronged her, you know? Sure. Like, this, this woman, is t- this classmate of hers, has taken the spot that is rightfully, she worked so hard. Maybe the babies, uh, babies were, like, cuter than her. Why, well, do they, why, yeah. do they, why do they get to be so she cute? She should have killed a lot more people. <laughs> everyone. She would have been on a speed for decades. All right. You leave Kathy Bates alone. No. Okay, uh, maybe the pigs were just hungry. I don't know. Oh, Maybe certainly. they like babies. Yeah. yeah, that's what they ordered. Oh, so it was like the pig doing it? Like, I'm bring me babies or else? Thing? Maybe, yeah. Sure. If I go to a restaurant and say, babies. I want to eat human flesh, they have to bring it to me. <laughs> I mean, you do it, it. Is it that much crazier than being like, hmm, well, I have the chicken, the pork, or the steak? What, the, what flesh would I like to consume? The customer's always right. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So here's uh, here's what I want us to consider briefly. Uh, okay. since, the, since this movie and audition are sort of competing for our affection. Uh, switch the t- switch the two uh, the two villains here. You put Asami in misery. And you put James Conn in audition. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he 
he shows up to the audition. <laughs> like, I've written you a better script. I. <laughs> uh, does Annie Wilkes make it through the audition? Does this guy fall in love with her? Oh, no. No. Okay. Well, and, and, and that's a Joe saying, because of looks I'm saying, because of her personality. <laughs> She'd be like, I just didn't like this script. I just, I, what do you need to know about? She would just be very uptight about it. She'd wear that little, like, you know. Well, you'd have to, you'd have to tweak a few things. Like, the script Abraham would have Lincoln to be an adaptation of a Paul Sheldon book. And she's auditioning for it because oh, she, that's wants interesting. To, she wants to be in the movie. And then she would be too overeager. She'd right. be like, I have to do yeah, this part. Be in it. You and don't understand. It, I am misery. And yeah. then at the the what would happen in that scenario is she would find out when he said he would admit there's no movie, right? Yeah. And then she would cut his foot off like Asami did. <laughs> yeah. Being pissed off. Correct. So, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then Asami in misery. I She wouldn't be able to get him. She just to, loves she, killing. So. No, but Asami wouldn't be able to get him. To her house, yeah, he she wouldn't be able to home. pry the door open. <laughs> she wouldn't be able to well, lift she him up. Her uncle to come help, you know. Yeah, he would have done it. Yeah, I'll give give you an the guy in the sack. wheelchair. You mean? Well, that's the thing. Her, he would. Then we'd have a wheelchair thing going on where Paul's in the wheelchair. He can't navigate that snow. She'd have no way to get him uh, figured, to her place. Maybe the she's maybe, crafty. Maybe the guy in the sack is her pig. Yeah. And well, so he definitely is like, pig. I brought you the pig to meet. Yeah. Be like, look at this. His tongue's gone. Oh, yeah, she would just show up with the, the, the dish of vomit and be like, look, this is my pet. Like, exactly yeah. what happens in audition. Yeah. 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 She, would, she would spill it on him like Annie spills the soup. Oh, yeah. She's feeding him vomit yeah. with a spoon. I regret my choice. Yeah, I was going to say, is that why he brought that up? You want to think about that again? Um... I think this is great. I think it's just a really fun, funny, thrilling movie. It and is. It's just I'll never, I'll never miss an opportunity to say that. Like for ten years, Rob Reiner was just like the king of. Cool, pull up. Fun I know we've done this movies. before, but pull up his uh, his filmography. Again, you were on that. There we go. And then he had a huge fall, but we'll always just remember his eighties yeah, and mid nineties. Uh, Didn't he also do the American President? He did. David? No. He didn't do the American President? I don't think so. Uh, let's see. He did. He, oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I was thinking of Dave. Yeah. American President yeah. is the yeah. one with... Uh, it's the Sorkin one. That's yeah, a, the Sorkin one. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah Dave is great, Dave is too. the doubles. Yeah, I love yeah. Dave. Dave's, Dave's Ivan Reitman, I think. Um, all right, yeah. go on. Starting with, uh, starting with This is Spinal Tap. He did that. A uh, movie called The Sure Thing. I don't know what it is. Stand By Me. Yeah. The Princess Bride. Yeah. When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Misery. Yeah. A Few Good Men. Yeah. North. Uh, <laughs> a movie, the most hated Roger Ebert review that's ever existed. He hated And then movie. The American President. And then uh, a bunch Ghost of stuff of Mississippi. That I don't uh, know what it is. The Story of Us is Garbage. He talked, he talked about, uh, about women's genitalia and uh, um, Wolf of Wall Street. Give him credit for that. He did. That's true. He was. Sure. He, he played he was Leo's dad. Yeah. yeah, but that's just that's eleven years. It's eighty four to ninety. Famously Jewish, Rob Reiner played Leonardo DiCaprio's father. <laughs> really, really made sense. Jonah Hill sitting well, it, right there. <laughs> it's, like, it's passed down through the mother. <laughs> yeah, but so, you don't have Leo just being the waspiest man in that movie, and then Robert be like. Listen, when I was a kid, I didn't have no bush. Just being very... <laughs> Maybe his mother was like a January Jones type. I don't recall. I haven't seen the movie in a while. Uh, yeah, that is a pretty good list of... A uh, pretty good decade. Yeah, and a bunch of different stuff, too. Like, yeah, it's all yeah. varied, yeah. Yeah, like comedies, uh, fantasy. courtroom drama, fantasy, uh, the, coming of the, age. the coming of age, and horror. Romantic comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like the, uh, it's like the Stanley Kubrick of, like pulpy fun movies yeah so no we have two lists yes we have the scariest films we've watched and the best films we've watched where does this rank on the best so so far it's uh bottom to top it is the strangers um malignant and audition in terms of best yes yeah that's bottom to top i this versus audition is tough in terms of best I think I think I'd go misery, but I'm open either way. I go misery too, but it is close. It is. It is close. I, just, I think the rewatchability factor helps me a lot. Joe, yeah. if you were on this list, what would, how, what would you rank 
Uh, audition or misery? Both uh, which, which were I don't which? know. I think I, I, uh, I don't know that I would put one above the other. I think they operate. Well, the good news is you don't have to choose, so you don't have no, to answer that. Life actually. isn't about ranking things. No, but Brings this podcast is not what Mark Zuckerberg said. <laughs> oh shit! <you're> um, <laughs> what about our things. our hero? <laughs> this podcast. Wait, hold on. That's not what our guy says. It's <laughs> not what he's been telling us. So, if you're looking for uh, so our best of list now, Misery, Audition, Malignant, and The Strangers, yes. Scare Factor, remind me how this goes. This goes, at the bottom is Malignant, I think. Yes. Then Audition, then The Strangers. Yes. No, wait, is The Strangers second? No, The Strangers is scariest. Okay, great. To me. Uh, yeah. Um, I... Again, like I don't describe this movie as super scary. No, neither do I. It's neither it's I. like very upsetting, and the bit with the hobbling is like it's close to scary as it gets. But I'd, I don't know. I, I think I'd probably put this on the bottom in terms of scariness. Below *Malignant*. Yeah, I think that's true. I think *Malignant* has more. Um general stereotypical scare moments yeah. it's built more to to frighten you I even know. though at the end it's gets silly um all right so then as far as scare goes misery misery's on the bottom so it's very kitty corner there uh misery malignant audition and the strangers indeed uh next week you get to pick the companion piece to malignant all right so i hope you're thinking of that i'm working on it i don't have a good one yet great um no. that'll be next week uh Joe, what do you have going on in your life? People um, should know about. Well, I got some packages coming in the mail. What, what what's coming? Uh, just some some personal stuff. Some personal stuff. Um, <laughs> is it is it is it things you received ten uh, percent off on? I no no comment no comment. But um, is it, is it things that you get off on? I get off in is probably more appropriate. It's not. I don't want to get. I don't. That wanna, is appropriate. Yeah. Well, I just I don't want to make a big deal about. it. I don't want to. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't know why you brought it up. Um, it's kind of weird that you. Well, I was curious, and you haven't stopped ordering things. <laughs> I didn't ask you to 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 airplay it to my TV so you could do this on a large screen, but there it is. Um, all right, Noah, plug us up. Wait, right. let's recommend a movie. We didn't do that. That's true. We Joe, we're gonna ask that. you to do that as well. Recommend a movie people could see in a theater or at home. Noah, you go first. Uh, all right. Well, I will. Uh... I think just for the uh, the big theatrical event factor, uh, I will recommend uh, No Time to Die here. Yeah, me, I am as well. Go see an IMAX too. Although they, they choose very odd scenes to show an IMAX and then it just kind of stops. It's weird. Yeah, but it's... Uh, I will assure you all that it is good overall. Uh, not like uh, some specters that we've seen in the past. Uh, and uh, really, uh, really generally enjoyable and... A little long, but that's fine. I like it more than you. It is a very fun watch in a theater, and it's like the biggest movie around, at least for two more weeks, um, presumably. Hopefully. So, yeah, I would say see that as well. Joe, anything. Could be in theaters, out of yeah, theaters. Yeah, I mean, I will disagree there. That movie was a tragedy. I don't know why you thought it was enjoyable or fun. because but... it didn't end the way that you pictured it ending for six years. Why did you do that? I... <laughs> <laughs> I will say go see um, The Last Duel. It's phenomenal. It is Ridley Scott's best film. Um, it brings our culture completely into context mm. with a similar culture of mm-hmm. medieval France, um, which, you know, if you're not familiar with, it very much parallels our culture of division and political rivalry and cancel culture and um you know all of all of these things um in, incredibly well acted ben affleck is a standout i think in this one um i actually have heard one take that he's the scene stealer in the movie yeah he, well it's his haircut but yeah he's that he's there too um yeah it's 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 unbelievable that comes out on friday so everyone make sure you check that out <laughs> um all right no it plugs up all right, you can find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. It is also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I am at Brian Server, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. Of course, the feed for our podcast can be found in where our podcasts are found. We are on Stitcher. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify, which is the one that almost slipped my mind. 
uh, even though it's perhaps the biggest platform. So uh, maybe I should lead with it next Where time. Where do you I listen to podcasts? Will. Where do you listen to this podcast? Uh, I li- <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I'm the first the, time. Yeah, I'm actually I'm I'm part of the Bill Simmons network of podcasts. Um, this is as, this is as, yeah, this is as well, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah, so. Um, I am legally obligated to say Spotify. Um, it's a wonderful it, service. It's a wonderful service. Um, what I, I like is how little they pay their artists. I like that they pay them little unless you're the owner of um, the Ringer Multiverse, um, in which case... RCV. Yeah, you are legally obligated no. to laugh at his jokes when you're on the podcast. I think that's great. I think every podcast should have that, where um, the guests have to cackle loudly when someone makes a joke about um, Jason Tatum machine or Jason Tatum or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next week, Halloween Kills. Can it recapture the box office magic of Halloween? And The Last Duel. Uh, nobody be surprised when that doesn't make any money. Okay. We'll see you next week. This has been What's in the Box Office. I've been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. And until then, if you feel safe, go see a movie.